Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. As you, as my, a lot of you may assume, I had a hard time going to sleep last night. All right? I want to tell you a dream that I had. I had two dreams. I want to tell you the first one first, all right? There's an old church that my grandparents go to, or my granddad goes to, down in Rickall called Providence Baptist Church, all right? I was looking at the bulletin in my dream, and it said, I was looking for my cue to come up, because I was going to go there in the first service, and then here in the second service to preach, all right? So I looked in the bulletin, and I saw special music, I saw this guy's name, and I saw Country Boy Can Survive, and that was my cue to come up, (laughs) and I thought... Wow, that's really cool, all right? My second one was, I was here, I was in the second, actually it was the first service again, Jimmy was in his office, I don't know why, but a lady popped up on the screen and she talked and talked and talked, and nobody knows where she came from, my sister couldn't stop her, nobody could stop her, this woman from talking, everybody left. And so I went to Jimmy's office and I said, everybody left, and he said, well you don't have to preach the second service. I was like, okay, that's cool, that's cool, that's all right. No, really, I appreciate the opportunity to come speak this morning. Uh, my family and I have been coming here for 13 years. Uh, I grew up in the children's ministry with Virginia. Uh, Mark, Mark, Jono, and Barry were my youth pastors. Barry was here the longest, and uh, I've, grown to, uh, I've grown close to Barry. We've, we've talked, we've communicated, we've shared things over the years, and um, I'm grateful for that. Same thing with Jimmy. Um, uh, when, I, when I got out of high school, I was Barry's intern uh, for a year, and then I went to Unity Baptist Church for a little while. And after leaving there, uh, uh, I'm working. I work at Peaks. I cut grass. I do all that good stuff. Um, but between then, Jimmy and Barry both have allowed me times to speak. Um, it's very difficult to uh, stay focused and, and, and communicate and, and, uh, and uh, practice your skills um, uh, as a minister, really. Uh, if, if you have that time where you don't get to do it for a while. And uh, today's one of those times where I get to uh, uh, practice. Today's a time where I can um, share what God has laid on my heart here lately. Um, I'm a big fan of country music. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you think a little while longer. Go ahead. Judge whatever you got to do. Just do what you got to do. All right. Um, trucks, women, alcohol, <laughs> cheating, dogs, crying, trains, mama. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> country music. What I love about country music, though, I lo- even though all those things, you know, get my attention and uh, excite me, my favorite thing about country music is the imagery that country music uses. Imagery is defined as the formation of mental images, figures, or likeness of things. All right. I want to share some of those phrases with you. Actually, I want to tell you the way I came about this form of imagery in my mind. Luke Bryan came out with a new CD. Anybody have it? Tan got, tail line, what the tail, tan lines and tailgates, right? All right. Don't make fun of me, Barry. Anyway, uh, I have that, and I, w- 
when I first got it, I was listening to it in my truck, and time passed, and I thought, gosh, I'm, I'm seeing all these signs of imagery in the songs. I want to share some of them with you. One of, them's, one of them says, it's harvest time in this little town. Jerry Watson probably could relate to something like that. You, see, you think about you know, all the times that you uh, uh, planted all these things, and now it's harvest time. What about, um, uh, there's a phrase in there that says, get back to my roots through a full moon glow. Think about that. You're using the moon, you're using nature as a way to renew yourself. There's another one that says it flows through the 32 bridge and cuts through the heart of South Georgia. There's another one that says trees all crossed and covered in moss. It's kind of like a dome. It's kind of like your own isolated situation. Another one is a cottonwood falling like snow in July. Right, like the cotton trees when they bloom and the wind blows and they just blow everywhere. And I'm usually the one that has to blow them out of somebody's yard or something like that, you know. Uh, and then there's another one on Eric Church's new album. And it's, I don't know if it's the first song or not, but uh, the song's called Creepin'. And the first phrase of that Creepin' song, it says, like a honeybee beating on my screen door. So I, I think of that as a time like when you're sitting on your rocking chair in the summertime on a porch and then you hear all the bugs, and then you may hear a bee, you know, hit the screen doors. I like that, you know. I like that kind of stuff. I like that imagery. All right. I want to read for you Genesis one. That's the scripture we're going to be reading from today. If I can flip to it, it should be on the screen. I'm going to start in verse eleven. Read. I'm going to read eleven through thirteen first, and then I'm going to read twenty through thirty-one. Let's start with verse eleven. It says, Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with the seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. Verse 20. And God said, Let the waters teem with living creatures, and let the birds fly across, the, across, above the earth, across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the, earth, uh, of the sea, excuse me, and every living, moving thing which was uh, watered, which water teams, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, increase, uh, and, and increase in number, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. 
over every living creature that moves on the ground. Verse 29 says, Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And it was evening, and it was morning, the sixth day. Pray with me, please. Father, you know my heart. You've been, uh, you've put this message on my heart for some time now. Um, uh, God, I pray for humbleness. I pray that the words that I speak will be words that you've inspired to me. Father, I may stutter. I may not communicate in a clear way sometimes, but Father, may every word that I speak be a word that responds to you in a loving, intimate way. Father, it was awesome to see Jeremiah's face this morning. Thank you so much for him. Thank you for all you do for us. Calm my nerves, Lord. I love you. Amen. I talked about country music at first. I won't do it. I won't do it. I talked about country music first. Um, David Crowder has a song, How He Loves. We sing it all the time. Um, To me, when he says... Love's like a hurricane, I'm a tree, bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. To me, that's imagery above anything else any country singer or country artist can produce or write or sing. I say that because when a hurricane comes through somewhere, we have no control over it. When God's love comes through, we have no control over it. We don't have the choice to say, I don't want that. You know why? But you can't avoid it. You can't get away from it. God's love is here. It's like a hurricane. And when it comes through, it, it drenches us from moisture and the rain. The wind bucks us over until we can, so we can barely stand up. And I feel... That, that God's love is essential when it comes to nature and our blessings in nature. You know why? Because God owns this nature. He created nature. All right? There's, we have blessings in nature that I want to speak of uh, this morning. The first one is ownership. Our first blessing in nature consists of ownership. We find this in verse 27 when the writer breaks off the body paragraph and says that God created us in his image. What does that mean? The most practical way I can figure this means 
is through relationships. Listen, before God created humans, he created land and water and the creatures of the earth and the vegetation. Listen, he owned them. He took ownership of them. And then he created us, he took ownership of us. Now from the relational standpoint, God formed this relationship uh, between us in Him. And God gives us the opportunity to have a relationship between us and nature. Listen, in Scripture, God says that we are to uh, love Him above all else. Love Him and love each other. And that's where that comes from. Being created in the image of God. My favorite passage of Scripture is found in Proverbs 3. And in the first four verses, it talks about guarding your heart. And it talks about taking the things that God has taught you and binding them around your neck. So you have to take them everywhere you go at all times. And the first two words of that, uh, of that passage is my favorite. It's in, it says, my son. And if we believe that the word of God is inspired by God, then we can assume that when the writer says, my son, it's not the writer saying my son, it's God saying my son. And that goes to a deeper level to me. When God says in his word, my son, guard your heart. My son, do the things that I've taught you. Remember the things that I've taught you so you don't go back and make the same mistake. God takes ownership of us. I had the opportunity uh, two weeks ago, or not two weeks ago, but a few weeks ago to, uh, to speak to the students in the student building. That's what we talked about, is recognizing that we are God's people. One of the ways that you can lay your life down each day is to recognize that you are God's person, no matter if you have a bad day getting up, no matter if you have a good day getting up, we are still God's people. God took ownership of us through nature, through creation, and for that, we're blessed. The second one is joy. Because, that God, because God took ownership of us, therefore, there's a sense of joy that God has for us. And that sense is well beyond our comprehension. We can't imagine that. I have a friend whose wife just had a child. Uh, this fellow, I've, I've grown up with him forever. We never would have thought that either one of us would, you know, have offspring this early in life. But, you know, what well, you know. But uh, I can talk to him sometimes. We have a, I used to have a, uh, a next tail. Does anybody have a next tail? Anybody? Nobody? Okay. Uh, I used to have a next tail at work, and uh, come to find out, this friend and I, we had the same next tail. And the direct connect was unlimited, so we would talk a lot through the day. Actually, his wife would get mad at me because um, he would talk to me more than he would talk to her. And so he, he got kind of frustrated about that, but, uh, or she did. But um, we would talk throughout the day, especially all summer, and... Um, his baby is four months old now, and uh, we can talk. We can talk about our day, talk about how something's going wrong. And when you mention his child, when you ask about her, his whole mood changes. 
See, he has a sense of joy in his life for his child. Why? Because he took ownership. He takes ownership of his child in God's the same way. Because God takes ownership of us, he has this joy, this happiness that we are his. LifeWay uses a strategy called the known strategy. Barry uses it here. I used it at Unity. Uh, and there's a church uh, down the road that uses it as well. And I was talking to that pastor, and he said that uh, during prayer meeting, he couldn't make it one time. And so he got the youth pastor to teach the known curriculum for the prayer meeting, and they loved it. Let me tell you what it's about. It's a three-step process. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, you know God, and you know his character. You learn it. And then you own it. You know, O-W-N, you can follow it if you follow it in your mind. Uh, you own it. And because you own it, you want to share it with people. And that's the strategy. You know it. You know God's character. You know about him. And then you own it. And then you want to share it. Whoops. Sorry. And then the third one is sharing. It's going faster. There's more, I promise. All right? Sharing. Because God takes ownership of us, because he takes that joy in us, we, he gives us the opportunity, or he gave us the opportunity to share it with him, share his creation with him. Do I have any deer hunters in here? Whatever. Goodness gracious. Whatever. We all live in Fulton and Coweta County. Any, fish, any fishermen? I know there's more of those. All right, a lot of people like to fish. Those are one of the, that's one of the examples that uh, is an example. Matt, you would fish if you could, right? Maybe. <laughs> Can you fish with a guitar and guitar string? Maybe. You can catch a shark with that. Anyway, these are some of the things that God shares with us. If God didn't create it, he couldn't share it. Think about your favorite times. I know a lot of fishermen, if they go to a big lake, they have their favorite fishing spot. Think about at night when you're at that fishing spot and you may not have that opportunity to see the sunset or watch the sunset or feel that warm breeze and drink that cold, cold Coke sitting right beside you. Listen, these things, those kind of things are what God shares with us. What about planting gardens? Anybody plant gardens? I know my mama does. All right. We have one right behind our window. Uh, what about who likes fruits and vegetables? Everybody should raise their hand for that one, right? I know Amy Watson was. <laughs> Juice plus was not a part of God's creation. I'm just kidding. 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 Anybody like a good rack of ribs? Like at a barbecue place? Very good. Listen, God shares with us these things of nature that he created us. So therefore, our blessings consist, our blessings in nature consist of God taking ownership of us, God taking joy in us because of that ownership, and because of that ownership and joy, sharing everything that he created with us. Our response to that is important. Um, because every waking day, we have the opportunity to look out our window 
and see God's creation. No matter if it's a rainy day or a sunny day. We have the opportunity to do it. And so I believe that our response of God's creation should be handled in a way of love and appreciation just like the way he created us with love. I want to give you a, let, me, let, me, let me give you a few pointers here. The first one, go ahead, Beth. The first one, our place in nature, a way, can we, a way that we can respond is to take care of it. Mom used to get mad at me all the time because I would want to throw stuff out the window while going down the road. All right, it's, it's a lot easier just to put your trash in the, in the little cup sitting right beside you. Or it's a lot easier throwing it out the window than putting it right beside you because when you put it beside you, you got to go home, put it in the trash can, and throw it away. And sometimes you forget about it. And if you forget about it too many times, it gets piled up. And it's just easier to throw it out the window, right? All right? Don't be a litter bug, all right? When you have the opportunity, find ways to cut back on consumption of energy and resources like, like today. Uh, you know, in companies, they use uh, materials uh, like Apple. They use materials in their casings that you can recycle. And um, even, even you know, car companies now, they're making cars that, that use less energy and they use less gas and they do every way possible to cut back on the consumption of what's going on. That's ways that we can take care of what God's doing and what God created for us. What about another one? Here's another one. Use it to renew yourself. I believe that God intends for us to take nature, to take his creation for which he's blessed us and use it to renew ourselves. We get called up in all the things going on. Nature is an excellent way to do that. When people go on vacation, what is the source of their vacation? Where is the source? What is the uh, main place that they go? Don't it usually have something to do with nature? People have mountain houses. They have condos at the beach. If they don't have a condo at the beach or a mountain house, they rent somewhere. They uh, use a timeshare. But what does it have to do with? It has to do with the ocean or the sand. It has to do with the mountains and the trees. And when you look out, you can see mountains far, far out in the distance. And you realize, how could a God like that make this? Use it to renew yourself. Use it as an opportunity. You're not taking advantage of it. You're simply responding in a way that God finds acceptable to renew yourself through the blessing that he's given you in nature. My granddad's house. I love my granddad's house. He lives out on Rico Road. He lives out on a little lake community. It's 170 acres around a... a 39-acre 30 lake, and there's 30 houses of old people that live around it, all right? No, bo- no, you know, no motorized boats are allowed in it. There's trolling motors allowed in it. Some people fish. That's about it. Granddad, though, luckily, he has this little bitty house that sits on top of a hill, and you can see the entire lake. And for me, sometimes I'll go over there, and I'll sit in his rocking chair and drink all his sweet tea, and you like that, Trey? Drink all his sweet tea? I'll drink all his sweet tea, and I'll do my homework, or I'll sit there and I'll reflect about the week. Or I'll think about things in my life that are bogging me down that I just kind of want to get rid of. 
And for me, it's like a sense of seeing it and then just throwing it out there. Because God's creation is special. Here's my favorite one. Maintain it. Yeah. Maintain it. You know those mean purple bushes are out there that nobody likes, that nursery people don't like? I had to trim a bunch of those yesterday. And that was not fun because it was cold and, you know, you know what I'm saying? But I enjoy doing it. Um, I enjoy taking what comes up out of the ground. Uh, you know, we can't control, I mean, in a sense we can control how fast these bushes come up and how they look and all, but, but when it comes down to it, we can't. Without God's creation, without the nutrients in the ground that God naturally put there, the bushes can't come up. And I believe that one of the ways that we can respond to God and show appreciation for that is keeping it maintained, keeping it look pretty, taking care of it. What about the crepe myrtles in January? Cutting those back. And then they're just round, and then there's just the stems coming up, and then you have all the branches sticking out everywhere, but it's rounded on top. So when the spring comes and the pollen falls, they come up, and they start, and the, and they start branching out everywhere, and then about July, they start blooming. That's beautiful. I love that. I, I, uh, I picked up on that. Um, I saw that when we came back from camp. Uh, I went to camp centrifuge with the students, and... Um, uh, when I came back, the crepe myrtles were beautiful. They were awesome. White, purple, any way you can think about it. Um, the azaleas before the last frost. Um, cutting those back. And my favorite, cutting grass. I love cutting grass. Oh, I love cutting grass. Maintain it. <clears throat> and finally, use it as a source of worship. To me, that's the most important one. Because when we go on our vacations, or we go to those spots where we renew ourselves, or when we maintain God's creation, if we ever stop and pause, we have the ability and the opportunity to look out and see what God created and show true appreciation for that. And maybe just pray a simple prayer like, God, thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for this weather. Like the weather today, it's beautiful. I'm probably going to go home and wash my car, you know what I'm saying, instead of just sitting there in the chair watching, you know, football or something. Um, it's awesome. Use it as a source of worship. I got, um, I sat, uh, I, did, I did yard work yesterday at my boss's house, Jack Peak, down on Hudson Ferry Road. And he has this little barn behind his house and a chair and, and a TV and all that stuff sitting off in a corner. But um, I didn't turn on the TV. I didn't turn on the radio. I sat in the chair, watched the wind blow, and I had the ability to truly appreciate God's creation. Let's take care of it. Let's use it to renew ourselves, maintain it, and use it as a source of worship. My two favorite fruits while I was growing up was watermelons and grapes. I remember there was a girl at school, in elementary school, and she didn't like grapes, and I had no idea why. I mean, I love the grape juice, you know, on Sunday mornings, you know, for communion. I love the grapes when you can go buy them at the grocery store. I love watermelons when they're cold and you can put salt on them. You know what I'm saying? They're good, right? Anybody like salt on the watermelon? 
That's right. Some people are just, I hate it or I don't hate it. You know what I'm saying? But um, I do that. And I can remember going to uh, running errands with mom when I was small, which I hate. I hated it. Nathan Crawford was over at our house the other day with his mom getting Mary Kay stuff. And I looked at him and I said, I've been there. Oh, gosh, I've been there. Mama, when you're a teenage boy, Mama drags you around to all these, you know, Coles and Ross and all that kind of stuff. You hate it. Moms, don't do that to your teenage boys. Please don't do that. <laughs> it scars them for life, okay? And Nathan Crawford, he was sitting on my couch, and he was reading a book, and I thought, poor boy. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. I said, you want to go outside? So he said, yeah. And so me, him, and Dad went outside and just kind of walked around and, I don't know, kicked dirt. And I mean, that's better than... You know, listening to Mary Kay talk, I guess. But um, but mom would take me on these little v- adventures with her. And uh, we would go to the bank sometimes. Like at the RBC, it, the name's changed 50 times. But they would always give out the little dumb, dumb suckers, right? Go ahead, Beth. The little dumb, dumb suckers. This is a quote from, uh, directly from the Dumb Dumbs website. It says, Dum-dums are uniquely recognized by generations as fun to share. 1924, by the way, is when they came out. They have been trusted for decades by professional institutions as a classic candy brand to say thank you to its customers. It always bummed me out because when I would get a watermelon dum-dum, it never tasted like a watermelon. When I got a grape one, it never tasted like a grape. If I ever got a strawberry one or a blue raspberry, it never tasted like it. It was good, but it never tasted like the real thing. Listen, nature and creation is nothing that man can make. God created us. He created that. Listen, use this quote from Dum Dums as a way to remind yourself, to say thank you to God for what He does. Banks and companies, they use these dum-dums to give out to their customers to say thank you for your business. To give a remedy to these poor little teenage boys that hate riding around with their mom. Alright? That thing. God blesses us through His nature by taking ownership of us, by taking joy in us, and by sharing it with us. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to speak this morning. I thank you that you got me through it. You got me through one of them. Um, I pray that you'll take um, what was spoken and um, use it as a source of a way of saying thank you for what you've done for us in creation. Father, be with us throughout this week. Be with Jeremiah. Be with our troops. We love you, Lord.